0: On this episode of my podcast, I'll be discussing the MLB Wildcard games. I'm Ben C. Gisser, and this is World of Baseball. It is an exciting time in baseball right now. Episode 6 of my podcast is here, and that's the exciting thing. No, but seriously, it is the Wildcard games. The NL Wildcard was last night. And the AL wildcard is going on right now as I speak here in the basement of my home. It is the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland Athletics. And the current score between those teams is 4-1 to one Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay got on the board in this wildcard game from my p- favorite player in history, Yandy Diaz. He played in Columbus for the Clippers last year. And I actually got to know him from going to the games. Yandy Diaz is one of my favorite players in the league and he hit a lead off home run and he hit another one a couple innings later but in between that Avisal garcia hit a two-run home run so it's been the bats for the tampa bay rays and the long ball that has propelled them to a 4-1 lead as i speak so that's going on right now but as i was saying it's an exciting time in baseball the washington nationals actually won something in the playoffs they won a game. They won the wild card game last night on a Juan Soto bases loaded single, which was misplayed by the right fielder Trent Grisham, which ended up clearing the bases and allowing for a Washington Nationals victory. Soto was out on the play trying to go for third, but he did not mind, and nor did any of the fans in Washington, as that propelled the Nationals to a huge win a win in a playoff wild card game, which will set them up to play. The most formidable team in the league, in my opinion, the Los Angeles Dodgers. So good luck there. I am rooting for the Nationals because my Cleveland Indians did not make the playoffs. Sadly, I was very disappointed to see them just totally crumple and collapse at the end of the season. Getting swept by the White Sox and then by the Nationals. Just embarrassing on the Cleveland Indians' behalf. I will be talking in a future podcast about what I think the ramifications of this loss are and what the Indians are doing with their offseason. I did just see today as a quick point that they do plan to pick up Corey Kluber's option. His, I think he has a one-year option, but they are expected to decline Kipnis and Otero's options, but to keep Kluber for another year, which is interesting, honestly, maybe they'll trade him. I have no idea what they're going to do with Corey Kluber. We'll see if they can get some value for him or if they'll keep him and try and start him. I think, personally, that the Indians' future rotation is set. I like the way their rotation looks, and I would say, hey, look, you've got Carrasco maybe coming back into the rotation, but that's all you give. Carrasco and that's all. Trade Kluber. Get a bunch of prospects. Right now, it's trying to maybe turn the tables for the Indians. Maybe look towards a small rebuild or a rebuild on the fly before turning and winning, because we all knew that they really did not have a chance at the World Series this year. Sadly, it was a hard year for me to watch. A team that competed for the last three years, and this year just did not have it. A lot of struggles have the season Cleveland Indians eliminated. But I'm going for the Nationals instead. As I mentioned, I was born in Montreal. The Nationals used to be the Expos. And so now I'm a Nationals fan, I guess, for the playoffs. I love Trey Turner. He's one of my favorite players in the league and he had a home run last night, so I was very happy about that. And they won. They won in brilliant, in brilliant fashion. They have played a great game. They set it up beautifully. Talking about the wild card game, Max Scherzer comes out there and gives up two home runs. He gave up one to Yasmani Grandal, and who, by the way, had a phenomenal season. We'll check him out last year playing in Milwaukee. He did. He had a phenomenal year and Eric Thames also homered Eric Thames came from Korea about two years ago struggled earlier this year but kind of heated up towards the end of the year and Eric Thames hit a massive two run shot I believe which made the score 3-1 in fa- or 3-0 in favor of the Brewers Trey Turner obviously hit a solo shot and then the bases clearing misplay on the single from the 20 year old Juan Soto a young 20 year old faced the best reliever in the league in Josh Hader And hit a bullet single in a right field, which was ultimately misplayed, and that was the game. So, looking at that strategically, the Washington Nationals did a great job with their pitching strategically. They put in Scherzer, I think Scherzer pitched five, I'm actually going to check that Right now, because I do happen to have the box score right here. Well, I don't happen to have it. I put it in. He pitched five innings. He um, gave up four hits, three runs. All three were earned and walked three. So he did not have a Scherzer-like performance. Max Scherzer does not usually give up three runs in five innings, but he did. His ERA in that game was 540. But what they did was they brought out Steven Strasburg for three innings and then and then um, Daniel Hudson for the last inning, and he got the save ultimately. And that was just great strategic pitching because the Nationals bullpen has been their weakness all season long, but they have another starter with phenomenal ace ace abilities. And if it's a must-win game like the wild card, why not put him in? Why not go all in? And it really paid off. Steven Strasberg came in and absolutely dominated, he gave up two hits, um, struck out four. That was that was just really, really, really impressive to me to see Steven Strasberg come in after Scherzer, well-managed by the Washington Nationals Uh, manager, I think it's Dave Martinez, who manages the Nationals currently, he had some problems with his heart or something, but he has returned to prime form as a manager, and won them a wild card game, so that was a great win for the Nationals, definitely a feel good win for them, maybe they'll come with some momentum and give the Dodgers a run for their money, I highly doubt it, as I said, I think the Dodgers are the World Series champions this year, that's my opinion um, We'll see how it turns out, though. If you check out the podcast titled Astros or Dodgers, that's episode four. I had a guest, Dove Myers, on that podcast. You guys could check that out where you'll hear my World Series predictions, what I predicted in the wild card, and how well I am doing on that. So that was that game. Pretty interesting game to watch. I enjoyed it. I like seeing good pitching. I like seeing Strasburg come out of the bullpen after Scherzer. That was impressive. And I really, really, really like to see... A guy like Juan Soto hit a single off of Josh Hader. Josh Hader is known to be one of the best relievers in the league. And he's still got a hit off him, which is just like this baseball. It's one of the reasons I love baseball is because really anything can happen. You would never really expect for a 20-year-old kid to get up with the bases loaded even against a guy like Josh Hader who's been dominant all season long and all of last year and just rip an RBI single. And then obviously the guy who's replacing their MVP who and their MVP Christian Yelich, who's out with an injury in right field, happens to boot the ball, happens to make a misplay on the ball, and that won them the game. That was that was an interesting game for me to watch. I enjoyed it tremendously. That is the NL Wild Card. That's my take on it. Washington Nationals. I predicted them to win it, and I hope they continue. I do want to quickly talk about actually something that I just thought of. The Anthony Rendon situation. He ended up walking. But I think Rendon missed on a really good pitch. This is like a small tidbit. Anthony Rendon got a beautiful pitch. He got a 3-1 fastball right down the middle, swung at it, and fouled it off. It was a pitch that he, at any other point in the year, would have hit a home run off. Rendon has been great all year. Had a bad, bad night last night, but ended up being the winning run because of that walk that Hader dealt to him. I'd be nervous facing Rendon also. I'd probably walk him if I was Josh Hader to face Juan Soto, but that was just how it was. Rendon missed a fastball, but that's such a small, small misplay in a game that was so good for the Washington Nationals. A little bit of luck going their way with the Zimmerman bloop single into center field on a broken bat. That's just as lucky as it gets. That's as lucky as it gets and it looked really good and it set him up for a really solid inning, which ultimately went to the win. Okay, I'm done talking about the NL Wild Card. As you can see, I really, really enjoyed that game. I'm not going to even mention the fact that Victor Robles made a beautiful catch in center field, which looked very easy for him, but is actually a very low probability catch to make, says Statcast. Um, Robles made a very nice catch in the outfield to end the game, and I'll end my talk about the NL Wild Card right now after saying that three times. In between the NL Wildcard, which I just talked about, and the AL Wildcard, which I will talk about now, I would like to say that you can email World of Baseball. You can contact us at worldofbaseballpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us our on twitter at world of baseball you can find us on twitter you'll see the logo it's the same logo that is in the podcast i run the twitter account so any suggestions any comments any concerns about the podcast please send them either over to the world of baseball podcast email address world of baseball podcast at gmail.com or you could find us on twitter there's multiple ways to communicate with us i hope to be hearing your communications your ideas your suggestions Please, please, please bring me with suggestions. There's tons of baseball knowledge out there. Tons of stuff I'd love to talk about. And I would like to hear what you, the listeners, would like to hear on this podcast. This is a podcast of the people. What you guys would want to hear, I will hopefully deliver. So, please, please, please give me suggestions. Email them in. Send them in on Twitter. Or if you know me personally, come up to me and tell me a good suggestion. I'll definitely write it down and I'll bring it into consideration. Okay, that is that. That's my little podcast hype advertisement which I like to stick in um halfway through. Uh, I don't actually do that. That was like the first time I did halfway through. I believe I in the previous podcast I talked about it in the beginning. Okay, 4-1 Tampa Bay currently um we've seen as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast four home runs are responsible for all of Tampa Bay's runs this game. Two of them from my favorite guy Yandy Diaz. Yandy Diaz was an anomaly of a hitter when he was in Cleveland because if you see the guy you will notice that he looks more muscular than some of the guys at the Arnold contest. The guy comes in and he's about 6'3", 6'4", and jacked. He is pure muscle and you can tell because he's bulging out of his jersey and every part of him looks muscular but he comes up and he goes and he hits singles and you'll be like this guy probably has so much untapped power he barely hit homers in the minors, and when he came up with the Indians last year, he batted like 310 or something. But he did not hit that many home runs. He did not seem like a home run type guy, and everyone was surprised by that because you see him standing there, and he's humongous. He's absolutely giant. I can't even think of a player in the MLB right now that I can compare him to in terms of just pure muscle He kind of looks like Judge, but a little more squat and way more muscular than Aaron Judge also. It's like maybe like a Giancarlo Stanton type look. You guys know what Yandy Diaz looks like. If you don't, you could look up pictures of Yandy Diaz on the internet or watch some of his highlights. There are plenty of them out there. He's a solid baseball player. So he got traded from the Indians. He plays for the Rays now. And that was in the trade for Jake Bowers, a trade that I hated. I did not want to see Yandy go, first of all, because I love Yandy Diaz and I I met him personally, and you always have an affection for a player who you meet personally. That's just the way it goes but they traded a guy who had so much power upside and already an advanced hit tool for a guy like Jake Bowers, who, yes, he can defend fairly well at first base and he can play the outfield also, and he has a pretty solid bat, but it didn't turn out. He was a left-handed bat and he did not hit well. He ended up getting sent down when the Indians acquired Puig, at the trade deadline, he did not have a good year, and I think it was a trade that the Indians lost out on because the Indians may not have even needed to trade for Yasiel Puig if they had kept Yandi Diaz. Yandi Diaz this year his power finally fit in, and he ended up he ended up hitting about twenty home runs, and he's hit two in this game in a wild card game, and he's not with the Indians playing in that wild card game, and that's just a disappointing trade to me. I don't see any upside in that deal whatsoever for the Indians. I think they lost out on a really good player who they developed themselves. All the way from the, from I believe it was the Dominican Academy, where they signed him out of. Yandi Diaz came and he was through the system on the Cleveland Indians and he came up as a top Indians prospect and he played in the major leagues and did not disappoint last year. But they gave him up for a guy like Jake Bowers, who has basically turned into... A irrelevant quadruple-A outfielder that the Indians used because they didn't really have anyone better to use. That's a little harsh on Jake Bowers, but it was a disappointing season for him. And I think it's like kind of like a, a microcosm for the Cleveland Indians season. You see, like they have so much potential. There's Yandy Diaz trade, and they trade it for mediocrity. They trade it, they try and play it safe, they take a guy who's proven himself in the major league level, Jake Bowers hit alright at the major league level, and they were like, okay, whatever, we're going to throw away this upside and take Jake Bauer. Trade I disapprove of very, very much. If you look at the Rays game right now, 4-1, to one, all in favor of Tampa Bay still jerks and Profars on first with one out, Charlie Morton still in the game, Charlie Morton, what a guy. Charlie Morton was not that great, if I recall correctly, with Houston. He was not that good. He was okay, but he was never insane. He comes to Tampa Bay this year and just settles in. Tampa Bay and I think I should maybe dedicate a whole podcast to this, has a way of taking guys with raw talents and developing them into really, really solid tactical hitters. You look at the Wendell brothers who they developed. Yandi Diaz continues his development in Tampa Bay and did a great job there. They took Matt Duffy, who's kind of a veteran, but they made him into a better hitter than he was. Austin Meadows was mediocre with Pittsburgh, and now he's an all-star. Travis Darno from the New York Mets was injured for three years, could not hit for his life when he returned, and now he's with Tampa Bay and he's hitting the ball like one of the best catchers in the game. And their top prospect, Wander Franco, is not even up in the bigs yet, so they're expecting a shortstop prospect or a middle infield prospect. I'm not 100% sure which position Wander Franco plays. But he'll be coming up next year almost 100%. And this Rays team is just looking better and better and better. And I got to give it to the Tampa Bay Rays. They've done something very well. They've done something very right in having three solid, solid Cy Young type starting pitchers in their rotation and having a bunch of young guys who can hit the ball. I forgot to mention Nate Lowe. Nate Lowe, a potential rookie of the year candidate this year, was pretty solid. All year long he did get injured though so they have they have a multitude a plethora of talent and in their system they have a plethora of talent on the big league level now and and Tampa Bay they've done everything right they if they win this game they really deserve to win this game they've acquired the best hitters they took Abiseo Garcia who hit a two-run home run tonight um they signed him to a one-year contract at, in last off season, so they've had him for a year, and they did not expect him to be this good. But look what he's done. He's a key contributor in this game right now. Abisayo Garcia, someone who did not, who was not expected to do anything great this year, has done something really well in this wild card game as well as throughout this season. It's just Tampa Bay. They've done a really really good job. If they had fan support, they'd be very well off in Tampa Bay because this team, a lot of cities would pay, would pay a lot of money to see a team. Like this play in their ballpark big cities would love to have a team with this caliber with this young Excitement going on and all these players coming up and doing great things every guy who they call up Does something great they remind me of the LA Dodgers in that sense where they really just call guys up who make immediate impact it's Not like these guys come up. This is kind of an Indians problem besides with Oscar Mercado guys come up and they bat 130 or like 178 in Yu Chang's case and they were so good in the minor leagues and they play all these different positions and they come up and they're kind of suppressed and they're like squeezed out like grapes and they, like, they, they don't get a lot of at-bats and when they do they're not quality at-bats and they're against really good pitching and they just, they just falter out on the major league level drop back down into the minor leagues start hitting decently in the minor leagues but never as good as they were before they came up to the big leagues for some reason then they come up again and they're just mediocre players I feel like the Indians had a problem this year with capitalizing on talent but the Rays don't the Rays don't have that problem everyone who they get just comes up and makes an impact And the Indians, I haven't really, really seen that. Maybe it's because they have so many veterans on one-year minor league deals like Adam Rosales and like Ryan Flaherty and it was Brandon Barnes and Trace Thompson. All these guys, they get called up first and get more at-bats than these young outfielders and infielders do. But in terms of offensive production immediately for the Indians... Their minor league prospects have not done a great job. Yu Chang didn't do a great job. Bobby Bradley did a horrible job in the major leagues this year. Andrew Velasquez came up and I think reached base once and happened. I think it was on a walk. He didn't even get a hit, happened to score. And they brought up Ryan Flaherty, who reached base twice in his tender with the Indians this year. So not impressive for Ryan Flaherty. And the Indians have had a problem with that. They have not had a problem with pitching. I think if you put the Cleveland Indians pitching development and the Tampa Bay Rays, Quality hitting development on the same team, if you combine those two teams' aspects, you would have a perennial World Series contender. I say that because the Indians develop pictures really, really well. And the Rays have developed a bunch of really solid hitters. Not to mention the fact that they've also developed pitchers decently well. But the hitters have been their, their thing, their go-to. They've developed a bunch of really, really, really good hitters. And it's been impressive. So I think the Rays are going to end up winning this game. It's the end of the fourth inning. But I think Tampa Bay hangs on Morton's pitching very, very well right now. As well as they, they still have Snell and Glasnow who are available to come in in relief. We'll see if they do something similar to what... The uh, Washington Nationals did last night and bringing in their starter, their other solid starter in um, Steven Strasburg. We'll see if they do that with a uh, glass knower with Blake Snell or if they resort to their bullpen, which has not been awful. We will see. I am currently, you guys will probably know by the time you listen to this podcast what they end up doing. These are my thoughts on this game. I do think Tampa Bay wins this wild card game and I think they will set up and play against the. I think number one seed Houston Astros where they'll probably lose because it's very, very hard to beat a team like the Houston Astros. But we'll see. Maybe Tampa Bay puts on a good run. These two wildcard teams, the Tampa Bay Rays, who I think are going to win this game and the Washington Nationals who already won this game, are both teams with like a bunch of upside from young talent and a bunch of segments of their team, like both of their teams' hittings, basically, that uh, that can really like surprise us. We'll see. I would love to see one of the big championship contenders, one of the big juggernauts like the like the Yankees, Astros, or Dodgers, to be overthrown by one of these kind of small ball situational teams that were developed with very little money, just good scouting, good player development good coordination. We'll see how it turns out. So that will conclude podcast episode number six. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys continue to listen to these podcasts. Again, any suggestions, comments, or concerns about the com- about the podcast can be tweeted to us or sent to us on Twitter. I don't know exactly how you call that on Twitter at World of Baseball, on Twitter, or at the World of Baseball Gmail account, which is World of Baseball Podcast at gmail.com. I hope you guys have a good day, afternoon, evening, or night, wherever you are. This is Bensie Gisser signing out.